next week on Siblings on Record, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble's Texas Flood. I'm Shannon Fleming. And I'm Aaron Martell, Shannon's big brother. And welcome to Siblings on Record. This is a podcast where one of us chooses an artist and an album, and together we analyze it and then discuss it. This week it's my pick, and I chose Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble's Texas Flood. So, Aaron, tell me how you came across Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble, in particular, Texas Flood. Wow, Stevie Ray Vaughan. So this has to be around 1989 or so. I first remember hearing the song Crossfire on the radio and seeing the video on MTV. I was struck by the cool-ass guitar playing, but I didn't think to pursue Stevie Ray Vaughan any further. Then later on, I heard a couple of more tunes on the radio, and then I bought In Step, which was the record at the time, and I really liked it. About a year later, maybe a little bit over a year later, Stevie Ray Vaughan died. Then I got this album, and I slowly bought the rest of the catalog over the years, and I listened to them, but then I basically forgot about them. And then finally, at some point, I lost them. I probably sold them at a tag sale or something. So when you wanted to do this record for this podcast, I had to buy it again, and it was like I was hearing it for the first time. I hadn't heard it in so long. So in a lot of ways, this is a fresh take on this music for me. I've always respected Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble, and I love his guitar playing. Who doesn't? So that was my starting point. What about you? Exactly the same time, same way, radio, MTV, and it was Crossfire. And I did. I liked it immediately. I did not buy the album. In fact, I ended up inheriting it, so to speak, when I met my husband, Matt, because he already owned like his entire catalog. And that was like in the mid-90s. And that's when I really got into him. But I remembered I really liked that. And then it was, like you said, on August 27th of 1990, he was killed in his helicopter crash. And it was like, Jesus, I never got to see this guy play live. And it was just such a different sound from anything I'd been listening to at that time. You know, because around that time, I was like 14, 15 years old. I was really heavy into rock and roll. So here comes this, you know, blues rock guitar player who was just like smoking. Unfortunately, I didn't really delve into this, and in particular, this album, until much later. So that's what the beginnings was for me. So, Aaron, why don't you give us some basic album facts about Texas Flood? You got it. Texas Flood is the first studio album by American blues rock band Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, released on June 13, 1983 on Epic Records. It was produced by Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble and Richard Mullen and was recorded from November 22nd to the 24th, 1982 at Downtown Studio Los Angeles, California and Riverside Sound in Austin, Texas. It peaked at number 38 on the Billboard 200 chart and is certified double platinum by the RIAA. Moving on to the personnel of this album, we have Double Trouble. Stevie Ray Vaughan on guitars and vocals. Tommy Shannon, bass. Chris Layton, drums. Moving on to our track-by-track analysis, let's start with side one. Song number one, Love Struck Baby, written by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Let it be said 
Aaron, tell me what you think about this song. The album opens with a bluesy boogie rock number. It's got a fast tempo and establishes the clean sound of Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar, which gives us its unique sound and it raises it above generic level. Double Trouble provides solid train-style rhythm underneath, you know, that country train sound. The lyrics are pedestrian. It's everything you do makes me love you variety, but it's kind of what you'd expect for this kind of music, and I don't knock it. Stevie Ray's voice is very limited in range, but he's got a good distinctive tone, so you know it's him when he's singing. He's a decent singer, but the guitar solo, it's bluesy and in-your-face and lets you know that Stevie Ray Vaughan has come to play. I dig this track. It's a nice opening number. How about you? I feel pretty much the same way. What you called that boogie style, I kind of equate it with like a 50s style sound. I think of it more as like a stylish, almost like it's definitely blues, but it has that swing country like tone in there somewhere. And he comes in just rocking this one. Nice and upbeat. You could dance to this song. It's very cool. And of course, you cannot go wrong with his guitar playing. As you described, he's very clean. You can hear everything beautifully. His tone to me sounds very unique. Like when you hear him play, I mean, along with his singing, you know, it's Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I love that about him. And I do like his voice. And I agree that he is a little bit, you know, limited in range, but he's got such cool vibrato. It's so tight and so sweet. It's just perfect for this style, I think. And I really like this song, too. Great opener. Track number two, Pride and Joy, written by Stevie Ray Vaughan. What do you think about this one, Big Brother? Well, this is a radio staple I heard all the time on the radio. There's a little more distortion on the guitar. It's a bit more rocked up, but it's still got that Stevie Ray Vaughan sound I can immediately identify. When I hear his sound, I always think of this chunk 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 When I hear that, I go, that's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Very unique. Oh, yeah, totally. You can actually see him playing it. It's awesome. It is. The music is steeped in the blues, but it has a Texas flavor that sets it apart. But it's also its own thing. He's got a different style, a different sound than other Texas blues players, like a Johnny Winter or a Billy Gibbons. This song has a solid groove laid down by Double Trouble. Stevie Ray attacks the solo with a big sound that fills up all the audible space. More I Love My Baby lyrics, but I do like the way he sings pride and joy. <laughs> when he says joy, I can't even imitate it. He doesn't. It's that vibrato again. It's something about that tight, tight vibrato. It's perfect. It's very low and a lot of vibrato. I really dig that. So what do you think about this one? I love this song. And I think when you think about Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, this is the song that probably will come to your mind first and probably most famously because of the whole MTV Unplugged thing. Granted, Double Trouble didn't perform with him during that performance, but this song, he played acoustically and it launched it. It was pretty cool. And he becomes known for the Texas blues, basically. It's sweet. It's sassy. I think it's very sassy. It's got a nice hard edge to it. Always his solo work just captivates you. And I agree with you when he gets to that low with you know the pride and joy part, it kind of puts a little shiver up my spine. It's just it's like, ooh, <laughs> I like this song a lot. Moving on to track number three, Texas Flood, written by Larry Davis and Joseph Wade Scott. Down. 
Aaron, what do you think about this one? It's a slow, straight-up 12-bar blues number. Like you said, it's a cover tune. It was originally recorded by Larry Davis. It uses a flood as a metaphor for a romantic breakup. It's standard blues lyrics, but it's well sung. Stevie Ray's guitar is the star, though. It cries and wails and calls back to his blues influences like Albert King, Freddie King, B.B. King, all the Kings, Buddy Guy. Stevie Ray reveals himself to be a genuine bluesman on this, and he could take his place with those others I just mentioned. Very nice tune. How about you? I agree on all those fronts. The intro, that solo that he comes in with, it kind of just grabs you and pulls you in and really captivates you. I agree with you on all the blues influences there, but I also hear Hendrix in there as well because he does have a little bit of rock going on there. It's pretty slow. I mean, I think it's actually really well mixed and I think it's a nice cover tune. I just think this is a really cool tune. I just, anything that he plays on, it just completely pulls me in and I get lost in it. He's great. Track number four, Tell Me, written by Howlin' Wolf. Aaron, what about this one? It's another blues cover, made popular by Howlin' Wolf. Played faster and more aggressively, though. It's more chunka, chunka, chunka. Uh, Stevie Ray growls out the lyrics, which concern him getting away from his troubles, which aren't really specified, but probably have to do with a woman. They usually are in these type of songs. Especially when it comes to Howlin' Wolf. <laughs> well, no doubt about it. And he's one of my very favorite bluesmen. This is a fast, jangly blues solo. That's all Stevie Ray Vaughan. What do you think about this one? I agree. I think it's a great cover, too, and you're right. He does put a, a bit of an edge on it. That's that rock influence again. I really like that. You know, he turns, like, Chicago blues into this Texas sound. He kind of combines them and comes up with something very unique. And I do like his growling vocals in this. You know his sound. You know his voice. There's nothing you can deny about that. And, of course, we know when it comes to anything with Howlin' Wolf, if you're a blues person, you're going to cover him or Muddy Waters or Willie Dixon, among others. So I like his cover of this. I think it's very good. Moving on to the last track of side one, Testify, an instrumental written by Ronald Isley, O'Kelly Isley Jr., and Rudolph Isley. And tell me what you think about this song. This is a 1964 Isley Brothers song. It actually has lyrics, but here it's played as an instrumental. It's played very fast, even faster than the last song. It lets quite a bit of rock elements peek through. because Yeah, like Jeff Beck. Yeah, I, I hear some Jeff Beck, that type of thing. Yeah, Stevie Ray definitely had rock influences as well as blues influences. Big time. The solo is really interesting because it seems to alternate between a clean, bluesy style and then a harder, distorted rock style. That does remind me of Jeff Beck, Jimi Hendrix. And Jimi Hendrix was a big influence on Stevie Ray Vaughan. And he also played with the Isley Brothers. So the pace on this song never lets up. It keeps me interested. I dig this one a lot. I just love the guitar playing on this one so much. How about you? 
Yep, same. It's cool because it is an instrumental. It's pretty quick. The songs on this album really don't go much over five minutes, which I can really appreciate. It's just done so tastefully. You're right. That blues moving into that really hard rock has that Hendrix feel. I hear Jeff Beck. I hear a little bit of Lonnie Mack. He just smokes all of his solos. Even his fast playing is done so precisely and so cleanly. You can hear everything. It's not like an Eddie Van Halen where it's kind of all mixed in there. Like, you can hear every note that he's playing. You have to have some substance in order to keep the listener interested. And I think this song accomplishes that beautifully. Now we're going to flip over our imaginary album to side two, moving on to the next track, Rude Mood, another instrumental written by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Aaron, tell me what you think about this song, too. This one really cooks. It's a very fast instrumental that maintains a blues integrity, but it also has a revved up early rock and roll feel, like 50s, like you talked about before. Yes. The guitar stays clean and is fast and fluid. Stevie Ray could fucking play. Double Trouble holds up its end and keeps pace with its leader. You want fast? Stevie Ray Vaughan gives you fast on this one. How about you? Same. I love that guitar. It's so fast paced, the intro, like that no instrumentation at first. And then all of a sudden the bass and the drums join in like together and they're just moving through it. I mean, they're just like smoking this one. I mean, it's like a train going full speed down the track. I did read that this song is actually influenced by Lightning Hopkins, a song called Hopkins's Sky Hop. I'm not familiar with this tune. Apparently, this is almost like a tribute to him. You can definitely hear that unique Texas sound comes out again. You know, you get that mix of the blues and some rock. Maybe even a little hint of jazz coming out there, finally. Just such a cool tune. Again, that instrumental. You either have it or you don't. And when it comes to these guys, they know how to carry it out and do it so well. Love it. Moving on to Mary Had a Little Lamb by Buddy Guy. Mary had a little lamb. White as snow, yeah Everywhere the tower went You know the lamb was sure to go, yeah He followed her to school one day And broke the teacher's rules What a time did they have That day had school <laughs> Aaron, what do you think about this song? Yeah, it's a Buddy Guy tune that uses some of the nursery rhyme in its lyrics, which Stevie Ray Vaughan sings it softly. This one has a bit more of a generic blues rock vibe to it, though. Even the guitar playing seems a little bit fillerish. This one is not a standout to me. This is my least favorite track on the record, so this is Aaron's Stinky Stinker. Ugh. How about you? See, I tend to think the opposite. I really kind of dig this song. It does make me giggle a bit. I just think it has that grooving classic blues sound. And again, I've seen Buddy Guy live, and he sounds the way that he plays it. Oh, I love Buddy Guy. I do too. He's great. The way that Stevie plays in the band, it's just so sleek and smooth. And when I saw Buddy Guy live, he was like that on stage, kind of flirting with the audience. And this song kind of flirts too. Which is kind of funny because you have that dichotomy of it's like a nursery rhyme. And you're right. He almost like whispers in some parts. It's interesting. Not whispering, but it's just so soft, like you said. I like this song. I think it's fun. 
Moving on to Dirty Pool, written by Doyle Bramhall and Stevie Ray Vaughan. I've been playing for fools. I'm hitting the tables on you. You've been playing dirty pool. Tell me, Big Brother, what you think about this one. This one's got a dirty, low-down feel to it. It's kind of menacing, almost. It's a dark, bluesy vibe with lots of fast tremolo picking from Stevie Ray that adds tension to the song. The lyrics can be interpreted as a typical girl-done-me-wrong scenario, but also can be seen as trying to resist the pull of drug addiction. I read that online. As Stevie Ray struggled with substance abuse, and it nearly derailed his career. The guitar solo is entirely Stevie Ray, tremolo picking, while Double Trouble keeps things slow, bluesy, and dark underneath, adding to the low-down atmosphere of the track. I really do dig this one. Stevie Ray's playing is just... That's what stands out. Yeah, yeah, the entire track, that's what he does. I dig this one. How about you? Interestingly, you thought of it as more menacing sounding. My first thought of it was kind of on the ballad side, woeful sounding, tragic sounding even. I could totally see the connection with the drug use. I mean, at his height, I read that he was drinking like a quart of whiskey a day and doing like seven grams of cocaine along with it. Yeah, he was really a mess. It really was a mess. And you're right, it almost derailed his career. I read online also that Muddy Waters once observed him doing cocaine and was like, that boy's got to stop or slow down. Yep, he even referred to it as that white stuff. He won't live past 35 if he doesn't stop that white stuff or something like that. And I'm paraphrasing, but yes, I read the exact same thing. But going back to the song, I really like this song too. It's pretty intense. It's deep. Moving on to I'm Crying, written by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Well, I'm sitting there so lonely, feeling oh so blue. My baby trying to treat me, I don't know what to do. Aaron, what do you think about this song? It's another chunka 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 number that sounds a lot like Pride and Joy. It's slightly slowed down and has a little bit less energy. The lyrics are from the I Lost My Baby and I Hope I Get Her Back page of the Blues Lyrics book. It definitely feels fillerish to me and unnecessary, despite Stevie Ray gamely trying to save the track with an excellent jangling blues solo. To my ears, it sounds too much like an inferior pride and joy. And to my ears also, it's a weaker cut on the record. What do you think about this one? See, this is where I'm kind of surprised that you didn't call this one your stinker because this is mine for the exact reasons that you just stated. This is just a remake of Pride and Joy. And even like there's a couple of slight variations, even right down to the vocals and, and whatnot. But it's just too much like that song. Agreed. It's a complete filler. This is the one that I like the least on the album. I could definitely see that. I mean, you can actually sing the lyrics to Pride and Joy. Exactly. And that's what bothers me so much about it, because I think they could have even substituted it with a different cover. And in many ways, I wish they had. I think they should have just left it off the album, period, and gone. Or left it off. Yeah, left it off. all. Going with nine tracks. Right. Yeah. But I understand, too, with putting in some filler, because they're trying to at least give it more substance. I mean, this what this whole album probably runs around 38 minutes or so. Yeah. 
that would have been really short record, but it would have been really short. And I get where you want to put something in there, but they could have done anything. And you're right. He makes up for it a bit with his solo work. It is different a bit from Pride and Joy. But yeah, still, I'm really not that crazy about this song. Now on to the final track, Lenny, an instrumental written by Stevie Ray Vaughan. So what do you think about the final track, Aaron? Damn, I hear Jimi Hendrix all over this track. Oh, yeah. In his classic ballads like Little Wing and Angel, it's a slow, instrumental Stevie Ray composed for his then-wife, Lenora. And he also had a Stratocaster guitar named Lenny, which he used to play this song. The guitar Lenny was bought for Stevie Ray by his wife, Lenny, (laughs) because he didn't have the money to buy it. The song is slow and meandering and even has some jazz influence in the playing. There's a dreamy, flowing, light-as-air vibe to the tune, and it's really, really pretty. It's a calm, soothing closer to the album. What do you think about this track? I think this is a nice tribute to his wife. That you know, He was only married to her for like six years. And I did read all the same things. Of course, I knew the Strat was named Lenny, and that it was given to him by Lenny. You can interpret it either way. It's like either kind of melancholy or it's kind of reflective sounding. It doesn't put you in a somber mood, but it's kind of a calming at the end of like this storm of this band that comes out, you know, in their debut. It just comes to show you that they had some versatility in their playing. It wasn't just all blues. You could hear the rock. There was some jazz in there. And I hear it in Lenny, especially in some of the licks that he does. I think it's really quite lovely. And I do like the ending of this album. And that completes our track-by-track analysis. And now we are moving on to our rating system. It's a zero to five type of system. You know, zero being bleh and five being yay. Wow, that sounded really cheesy. Yeah, zero being crap and five being really good. So I'll leave it at that. Aaron, tell me what you think about Texas Flood. It is such a shame that Stevie Ray Vaughan died in a helicopter crash in Wisconsin in 1990 because the world was robbed of a -a one-of-a-kind talent who is really heading for bigger and better things. He's one of those rarefied guitar players who is instantly recognizable as soon as you heard him play. And he commanded the respect of both his peers, his fellow musicians, as well as music fans around the world. Over the years, I've come to appreciate him more and more, and this album is where it all begins. There are later albums by Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble that I like more, honestly. But there's a raw immediacy to this record that I can really get behind, and I do enjoy this one a lot. I give Texas Flood a three and a half, Hello, world. Stevie Ray and his bedrock solid backing band Double Trouble is in the house. And you better take notice and pay attention. Shannon, what do you think? I agree. This is an artist that I so wished I could have seen live. He influenced not just rock and blues, but there's so many different genres of music. He kind of leaves me tongue-tied at times. I think there's so much reverence connected with this guy. He's amazing. And you're right. This is a great intro to their music. They come booming onto the scene. It's great. I did get stuck between a three and a half and a four. I'm going to give it a four simply because I love the fact that this is such bare bones rock and roll. They didn't have to do any overdubbing. They all sat basically in a circle and they played and they recorded it as such with minimal equipment. I have a lot of respect for that. So I'm going to leave it at a four. I just want to say one more thing. Although it's been like, what, over 27 years at the time of this recording, Stephen Ray Vaughn, rest in peace.
Indeed, we'll miss you always. Now I want to acknowledge all of those listeners who have liked and or commented on our Facebook page last week. So thank you, Paul Lang, Luis Morano Caro, Manel Garcia Cuevas, Juan Velez Guisado, Cucky Berenrecht, Jose Ramon Rubio Garcia, and Anne Martel. If I mispronounced any of your names, I sincerely apologize, and I mean no disrespect. Also this week, we got a Facebook comment that for the first time I'd like to share with the listeners. It's not a review of the podcast per se, but it does reference our Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers episode we did weeks ago. It comes from Mr. Ramon Torado Romero, and this is what he wrote. This is the first review that I hear, and I think it is brilliant, searching for the soul of the record and of the man behind it. This album is one of the first ones I bought at Hudson Mall in New Jersey, and it's a life companion for me, one of my top 20 ever. I'm glad that you remark upon You Tell Me, a song that haunts me to this day since 1979. Duck Dunn also plays in A Woman in Love. Thank you both for your funny and enlightening review. Greetings from Galicia, Spain. Thank you so much, Ramon, for sharing that with us, and we hope you check out and like some of our other reviews, too. And a special shout-out to Spain, which is second only to the United States as the country with our most listeners. Gracias. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast at places like iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean, so if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of it. If you take the time to do that, we'll read your review right here on the show. If you'd like to contact us directly, we can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com and also on the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Facebook page, where there is a link to hear each podcast, including the Siblings on Record branch of the show. You can also review the show on Facebook if you prefer to do it that way, and yes, we'll read your Facebook review on the podcast. You want to come on the podcast and talk about an album with us? Shoot us an email and we'll set it up. We're always looking for guests to host the show with us, and we would also welcome any requests or suggestions for albums to cover. Feel free to leave all of your feedback, comments, reviews, and or suggestions at any of those places I just described. We'd love to hear from you. Signing off for Siblings on Record, I am Shannon. And I'm Aaron. And thanks so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.